Hi, this is Angie Meadows. This is Rock Recovery. We're glad that you're here with us. We're talking about uh, Rock Recovery, Overcoming Trauma. It's my book available on amazonbooks.com. There's 18 lessons in this book, and we are going to learn how to identify our trauma and how to pull that up out of our subconscious thinking and how to retrain it. So we're gonna be doing several lessons to recognize these triggers and our responses to the things that trigger us from old traumas, our mental prisons, our mind control. Then we're gonna recognize a carnal mind and the mind of Christ. We're gonna identify our healthy and unhealthy heart conditions. So when we can identify dysfunctional patterns, then we can practice healthy patterns through meditating on healthy thoughts. So this is a maturity skill that doesn't come naturally. So my whole um, work and series is on developmental emotional maturity skills. So just like babies learn to um, roll over and set up and crawl and walk, there's physical development, but there's also emotional development that I find that many of us are missing. And when we don't have the skills to navigate um, our own anxiety, to navigate the conflicts of daily life, then we're left out there with constant um, lack of self-love and lack of trusting ourselves. And we just feel like we're divided at all times. So learning how to to bounce, learning how to land on your feet all the time, learning how to have ma emotional maturity skills, learning how to stretch your thoughts and flip them and, and turn them into something good and to be able to navigate things is, uh, is, is skills that we're gonna be learning. So today we wanna continue through the recognition of trauma and to choose to respond differently today. Today, we do not follow stupid thoughts that lead us into a pit of depression. We don't follow fickle, unreliable emotions. We want self-control. So it's imperative to observe the things that are painful in our life and to grow in character through this adversity and to embrace the good. It is possible that we could miss the precious things in life by being absorbed by negativity. So negativity causes suffering. So anything that causes emotional suffering needs to be processed and released. So I want you to have a little notepad beside you and I want you to throughout your day write down the things that make you suffer write down the thoughts that you're having that are painful and I want you to push them outside of yourself and not identify with them so first we're going to recognize these thoughts identify which negative behavior from your trauma trap that we just discussed that you indulge Know that it's within your power to develop your intentional thinking skills and to recognize negative thoughts and behaviors. So start retraining your responses each day. One way to do this is to give yourself permission to pause and do it again or say it again. For example, if I feel angry, I can stop, I can recognize it, I can observe it. Why do I feel angry? And then I can even journal about it. This. This, you know, dear God, this made me so mad. Why did you allow this? And why did you allow that? And I think, uh, I think the Lord's big enough to handle our pain. I think he's big enough to handle our anger. And I think he likes it when we come to him. So now we can change this into something positive. We can, sometimes I call it the rewind game where I take uh, a thought and I rewind it and I redo it. I re-say it, I reshape it. So if we go back to the last lesson and we look at some of those trauma wounds. It's betrayal, abandonment, neglect, being misunderstood, insecure, unloved, unwanted, rejected, bullied, 
uh, being faced with a hypocrite, or being hypocritical ourselves, being emotionally or physically or sexually wounded. And then our inner core responses are anxiety, fear, anger, grieving, self-pity, loneliness, depression, suicidal thinking, stubbornness, and hopelessness. And any of these can be exaggerated, and you can just do one or two of them that would be pronounced in your life. And then if we don't deal with this stuff, then we're going to go into some severe traumas, which is going to lead us to be to cutting, uh, to uh, acting out on suicidal thoughts or homicidal rages, uh, confusion, hopelessness. Um, we may even develop substance use disorder, trying to cope with those inner core responses that are so much suffering. So instead, I want you to observe that suffering. I want you to push it outside of yourself and just observe it. It's not you. You do not have to identify with your suffering. And as we do that, then we're going to realize that we can be empowered to do something different in our lives. So I want to... Uh, recognize the thought. I want to recognize what triggered me, what made me feel angry, and was this uh, something that just happened and I'm, I'm responding normally? Oh, that, that's really aggravating, that's really angry, that really made me angry, it shouldn't have happened that way, or is this really uh, taking control over me? So now it's going to take me an hour to unwind that and to move on. So I want to recognize what's going on, and if you would like to look at the PDF of this chart, it's on enablersjourney.com. So with my emotional maturity skills, I'm going to intentionally think. I'm going to pull this stuff up out of my subconscious. I'm going to pull the anger up. I'm going to pull the self-pity up out of the subconscious. I'm going to recognize it. And I'm going to intentionally start thinking about it so that I can reprogram it. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to recognize the wound. I'm going to observe it. I'm going to journal it. I'm going to rewind it. I'm going to redo it. I'm going to release it, and then I'm going to reach out to others so that I can be in community to do the next right thing, to have the support to be able to heal these wounds. So often in recovery they say that we are wounded in community, but we're also healed in community. So we have to find safe people and safe places so that we can be able to heal. So as we heal, I want you to replace those wounds with character. There are 49 character traits to Christ, and I just chose a few to put here. Humility, truthfulness, loyalty, kindness, courage, obedience, respect, compassion, generosity, contentment, flexibility, orderliness, attentiveness, steadfastness, gratefulness, enthusiasm, endurance, determination, dependability. These are not skills that come naturally to me or to you. These are things that we have to work on, things that we have to practice. And if I'm not practicing good character, then I'm just literally being driven by those uh, tra old trauma wounds and by those inner core responses of self-pity or anger or fear, or anxiety. And, and my day is, um, is not pleasant. So instead, I want to practice a character skill. And then I want to retrain my inner core responses to be love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, kindness, self-control, and then I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to have freedom to enjoy my day. So remember I told you that I was... Uh, I had an old rejection wound. So anything that looked like, felt like, smelled like rejection would trigger my self-pity. So now when I recognize that, and it still happens, it's not as powerful, and I recognize it almost instantly. So now when that happens, I choose one of these character skills, like compassion. 
So the person that's rejecting me, I develop compassion for them. I think, okay, what would compassion look like? Because as I'm tearing down the old, I want to build something new to hold that ground. So I'm going to build compassion. Okay, I'm going to be compassionate for that person. They're not feeling well or they're having a rough day or this doesn't have anything to do with me. Or, you know, I have hurt them in the past and they need to go back and make amends. So I'm going to have compassion here. And then I'm going to practice love. You know, what would love do? What would love say? And then my joy and my peace is not going to be robbed. So as I'm practicing love, I'm going to practice patience and kindness. Love is patient. Love is kind. So that's what I'm going to practice. And if I don't practice these things, then I can't develop a muscle of maturity, of emotional maturity. And instead, I'm just, uh, I'm literally being drug around, you know, by the hair of my head doing, doing, um, negative responses to everything just based out of that subconscious DNA that's been pre-programmed into me and my emotions. So instead, I want to pull that up. I want to retrain that. Then I want to refuse to circle this mountain. I want to refuse to relive the traumas, the offenses, the mistakes, the problems, or another uncertainty. I want to clean up my compulsive, obsessive thinking and my impulsive responses. I want to reach out for help, and I want to reshape my future. So one time I was working in a class... um, a graduate class at Ohio State, and one of my assignments was to go to a domestic violence shelter. And I went to that domestic violence shelter, and I was telling those ladies what had happened to me. And they said, when did this happen? And I said, "Mm, seven, eight years ago. And they said, oh, no, it didn't. It just now happened again. You have not dealt with this. You have not... um, You've given this thing power. You have relived this thing many times by telling this story. And they were right. I was repeating that trauma. And my brain did not know that as I was um, anxious and short of breath and telling the story, you know, and releasing those fight or flight chemicals, my brain did, did not know that it was not happening now. Um, so I had to be able to learn to reshape that, to be able to say, you know, that, that happened in the past. Um, but I've forgiven, I've let go, I've, um, I've used my character skills, my compassion. Now, now, compassion and love doesn't mean that I'm going to be a doormat and let people abuse me. It means that I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to realize that there are healthy people and unhealthy people. And the ones that are unhealthy in my life, I'm going to spend less time with them. And I'm going to start moving towards healthier people and healthier environments so that I can reshape what my future looks like. So some of our behaviors have been programmed into us and into our subconscious from childhood as a survival goal. If this has happened to you, I'm sorry that you have suffered this abuse. This was wrong and should have never happened. And I'm sorry you were not nurtured and protected. But let my heart go out to you and touch your heart today and love you. And I want you to be able to nurture yourself and protect yourself and kind of reparent yourself. So let's ask ourselves some questions. What triggers my negative inner core responses? Am I overreacting when the emotion becomes so intense in my life? And is there an old trauma wound that needs to heal? So as I'm doing this, now I'm releasing. I'm releasing the wound and I'm going to replace it. So I'm going to release this emotion, replace it with the character quality of the fruit of the spirit. So as I release anger by pausing as soon as I feel it, then I can choose compassion for the person who's irritating me. 
if it is a person hurting me, I can use my anger in a positive way to choose to develop boundaries, to find safety, to protect the innocent. If it's an old wound, I can choose forgiveness and move forward. This takes time. So I want you to be gracious and kind to yourself. I want you to have the graciousness and the kindness to yourself that you would want to receive from others. I want you to forgive yourself for your shortcomings quickly. I want you to not beat yourself up. You're not your past. You're not your failures. Reshape your failures into just disappointments. So do not hold on to any failures. Just get up and brush off the dust, the failure off of your feet and do the next right thing. Just keep moving forward. And you know, sometimes we can't change what happens. Sometimes it was a death of a loved one and we can um, get stuck right there. We're gonna be stuck in that, um, that thing that happened, that thing that was unjust. And instead I want you to get up and I want you to make the bed, do the dishes, open the curtains, make a meal, go reach out to a friend, go help someone else who's suffering. So I want you to talk to yourself about what is my strongest emotion that needs to be released. So let's look at the symptoms of anger. Sometimes I'm angry and I don't even know I'm angry. So I want you to kind of mark these one through 10 as I'm going through them, how, how much you feel these during the day. Irritation. So how much are you irritated during the day? Are you irritated constantly with little children? Are you irritated with people at work? Um, are you frustrated, aggravated, impatient, bitter, stubborn? Do you have arrogance where you um, put up walls? Are you opinionated? Are you bullying others to protect yourself? And as you're doing these things, these are all symptoms of anger, irritation, frustration, aggravation, impatience, bitterness, stubbornness, arrogance, opinionated, and, and bullying. And so when I'm ex exhibiting anger, people don't feel my love. And so whatever I'm giving, I think it's Luke 6.38, whatever I'm giving, pressed down, uh, shaken down, running over, whatever I give is what I'm going to receive. So if I'm walking in a spirit of anger, that's what I'm getting back from others. So I want to reprogram that. I want to, I want to trace that down and I want to decide, okay, what's going to help me to move forward, to move past this, to be able to have a different countenance. So in the PDF, you'll see that there's a mood tracer now, and we're going to talk about bitterness. So if I don't deal with my bitterness, my bitterness goes to anger, and then it can go to hatred really fast. And if I don't catch this and reprogram this, then I'm going to be stuck. I might be stuck all day. I might be stuck for several hours. I might be stuck for a week, for a year. I might hear this come up in a couple years where that thing that happened to me, that thing that that person said three or four years ago is still stuck. And instead, I want to practice compassion. I want to change bitterness with the skill of compassion. So when I feel self-pity, I might develop moodiness and loneliness, and that's going to isolate me from others. But instead, I want to practice patience. Patience for the person who has wounded me, maybe rejected me. Patience for myself so that I can, I can reach out and be um, happy to be with others, be a person that's, that's um, happy to be with. And so when I'm grieving, and a lot of times my struggles turn to grieving. 
and I do a lot of grieving with things that I can't fix, manage, or control. So instead, I want to pull that grieving up because if I don't, it's going to go to depression. And, and sometimes people, at once they uh, can't go back and change their childhood, they can't go back and, and find their parents, their parents are gone or they gave them up or they died or they were in prison. And, and that grieving is just overwhelming for a child. And as they become an adult, they carry that wound and it goes to depression, it may even go to suicidal thinking. So if that's you, I want you to replace that with courage. I want you to pray for this supernatural courage that's bigger than you. Um, because courage is not something I can muster up. It's something that it's like, I feel like it's a gift. I feel like, just like compassion and patience, I feel like courage is a gift also. And, and I, uh, I need to ask the Lord for these kinds of gifts to be able to help me to navigate my struggles in life. So then the next one we want to talk about is gluttony. So gluttony can be gluttony in my thinking, gluttony in my, my behaviors, my actions, my uh, my beha- uh, the things that I eat, the things that I do, I can just be overdoing in certain areas of my life, and those will lead to addictions. So then it's going to lead to guilt and shame. So instead of embracing that and guilt and shame, I want you to immediately embrace grace and mercy and let that grace cover you. Let it cover your past. Let it let it cover the person that's in front of you that's doing the same thing you're doing that's irritating you I want you to give them grace and mercy and mercy is strong enough to hold any ground there's nothing that you can go through there's nothing that can be done to you that you can't give grace and mercy that can cover that so what emotional skill do I need to learn and replace the negative ones is it kindness compassion patience forgiveness courage or gratefulness do I need to learn to practice grace and mercy So name your emotion and then trace the emotion back and develop a stronger emotion. Otherwise, it's going to become debilitating. If I let uh, my bitterness go into anger and hatred, that's going to become debilitating for me where it's going to be extremely difficult for me to move forward in life. And I'm going to end up stuck in the same place, whether it's uh, every three days or every three weeks, I'm going to be in the same place with a different name, different face, different place. Maybe I ran, maybe I went to a different... Uh, a different environment, a different job, a different sober house. Maybe I went somewhere else, but it's going to follow me because I haven't dealt with it yet. So I want to trace that back. I want to trace back the original wound for, for that's caused it. And then I want to practice character skills and the fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to choose one of those fruits of the Spirit to be able to develop in my life. Now I want you to refuse emotional immaturity. Emotional maturity has passive thinking patterns or ruts that are formed in our brain. And this is where we practice moving from a subconscious passive thinking into a conscious awareness of our thoughts and our feelings. So once you have thought a problem over a few times and there is no resolution, more thinking is not the answer. The answer lies within the power to stop thinking to stop thinking it over and over again and to just move forward to the next duty, the next chore, the next service, the next thing that's on our list for the day. So what situation or circumstance do I repetitively, repetitively think? Can I recognize reasoning and rationalizing in my head as a signal that I'm heading for trouble? For example, here's my reasoning. Desperate times means it's okay to take desperate measures. It may mean that it's okay for me to steal because I'm desperate. So I may also be rationalizing. Everyone else does it, so it's okay if I do it. 
but these are these are when I hear myself reasoning and rationalizing I know I'm heading for trouble so I have to really really be aware of that and pull that up out of my subconscious into my conscious thinking and then make a conscious decision based upon what I want to do so is there a person in my life that has too much power over me and dominates my time or my thinking sometimes if I'm spending time too much time with a toxic person that person is telling me what I think and and how to act and I'm I'm losing uh, power over my own self I'm losing my own boundaries my own identity so who are the people in my life that has hurt me that I need to forgive so make a list of all the people that have hurt you. Go back as far as you can go to kindergarten, to the people who bullied you, the people who mocked you or mistreated you, and I want you to forgive. I want you to work on your forgiveness muscle. I want you to retrain this and reprogram yourself to be, uh, to just, just run with forgiveness, okay? It happens, whatever happens to me today, I've already purposed to forgive, so when I go to bed tonight, as I lay up on my bed, I'm going to be like, okay, I release that. Okay, I forgive that. Okay, that's too big. Okay, that hurt. All right, that's going to be yours. You said cast your cares on me and because I care for you. You said your yoke's easy, your burden's light, so this isn't easy or light, so it must not be mine. It must be yours, Lord. So I want you to re retrain that immature, dark, dysfunctional thinking. Now, this takes practice. we got to recognize release it, replace it, and refuse to mull over this trauma, this offense, this mistake, this problem, this uncertainty. In this stage, we will retrain ourselves what to think and what to speak. So think of yourself as a mental toddler needing potty training. Toddlers need practice, encouragement, direction, training, patience, and continual coaching for over one to 12 months to be fully potty trained. So think of this period in your life as a time for patience with yourself. And when you have a diaper moment, do not make it a big deal. Just clean it up and go on. And don't carry your dirty diaper. Apologize without excuses. Tomorrow I'm going to begin a new day. Tomorrow I'm going to begin my training again. So here's how I apologize without excuse. I did it, and I'm sorry. And then, and then I'm, going to, I'm going to purpose to do something different. So now I'm going to take a deep breath. What emotion? is causing great suffering that I need to observe and release today. What fruit of the Spirit do I choose to use to retrain my thinking? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control? I need to think, which one of these do I want to practice? And you know, I may not be very good at it. I may stumble and stagger and, uh, and lose my patience 50 times a day, but if I'm not practicing it, I'm never going to be able to develop it. So I think we need all of these fruits, all of these. It's actually one fruit as we develop a life with Christ. As we start walking with him, we will develop that fruit where we can begin to look like Christ. We can choose to not allow evil to dominate and control us. So this is what Jesus said in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And here's what the apostle Paul says is his solution to evil he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good in Romans 12, 21. So what good could I do today to overcome the evil that oppresses me? So I may be oppressed on the left hand, but if I can turn and do something good on the right side, then this is not going to have power over me anymore. I'm going to be able to reach out in those places where I've been stuck, reach out to a trusted friend, a sponsor, a counselor. I'm going to be able to uh, circle um, 
myself in love and surround myself with people that care about me. And then I'm not going to be going around that trauma mountain over and over again, ending up with the same severe trauma responses. So instead, I won't be in a dry and thirsty desert. I won't be stuck anymore. I'll be in the promised land. I'll be reaching out. I'll be claiming the promises of God. So if I have those severe trauma responses, the cutting, the suicidal thoughts, the sui suicidal attempts, the homicidal thinking, the confusion, the hopelessness, the violence alternating with intense pleasure seeking, those actions to escape reality through mind altering substances that develop substance use disorder, I need to reach out. I need to do something different. I need to identify a trusted friend, a sponsor, a counselor. Now, if you don't have one of these, then you're going to have to go look for one. You're going to have to look for where are the groups. You're going to have to get on some websites. You're going to have to figure out where those communities are that you can be a part of, that can understand your suffering and your wounds, that can help nurture you along the way. So who can I go to when I need help to change my thinking? So I want you to think about who is in my life that cares about me, that will tell me the truth, whether I want to hear it or not. So choose several people so you don't wear one of them out. <laughs> and who needs to, to have your friendship? Who do you need to come alongside and help out? So as I'm growing, I can turn around and look to see who's following me, who's a little behind me that I can pull up and then I can help them. So let me reshape things. Let me reshape my thinking. If I recognize and clean up my compulsive thinking and my impulsive responses and release, replace, refuse, and retrain them with right thinking and right responses, I can find emotional stability and security to reshape my future. So what would it look like to have a life of emotional maturity? What would that look like? That would mean I would be able to hold my joy and my peace, wouldn't it? So the exercise today is to choose one person from your past who has wounded you or from the present that continues to wound you after you have forgiven them over and over again. So forgiveness will tear down the dominance and the control that other people have over us. But we must reclaim that ground in our soul to rebuild defensive fortresses of a stronghold that will claim that ground. Now, you who are in the presence of a bully who continually stabs you emotionally with nonsense, realize people-pleasing behaviors, the fear of others, the need for approval, and replace that ground with courage. Because when I stop pleasing people, those that have been bullying me, you know, they're coming at me in, a, in an exaggerated way, you know, in an escalated bullying. But if I am practicing courage, then my courage is going to be strong enough to push back when I'm being bullied. So let's look at how to build a strong fortress of defense. My immature behavior of another that's coming at me may be bullying. Well, my immature responses may be a people pleaser and fear of others. Instead, I want to build this fortress of courage. So if other people are insensitive towards me, I want to start looking at the fact that I don't need approval. Um, I can reject being rejected. I can identify this wound and help myself to heal. And I can uh, develop proper expectations and not expect something out of this person that they're not able to give me. And then with that compassion and acceptance, I am building a fortress, a fortress that's going to be able to help me land on my feet. Now, when someone's faint-hearted and relapsing chronically into addictive behaviors, that's a lot of mental suffering and emotional anguish. Instead, I want to stop before I get to that, and I want to give myself lots of grace, lots of compassion, and lots of grace. So when there's a lot of manipulation in my life, 
I'm going to start with unforgiveness. Uh, the unforgiveness, I want to look at that. Where is it that I need to forgive? What is it, bitterness, that I can hear? And, you know, you can hear your bitterness as you hear yourself talk because out of the heart the mouth speaks. So as I hear my bitterness and my anger and my hatred, I want to be able to pull that up, and I want to be able to release that to the Lord. I want to lay that on the, His altar and say, this is my portion for the day, Lord, and then I want to cover that in mercy. So today the application is it is a choice. We are not puppets. We do not have to be pushed into the raging waters of trauma as a victim. We can master our stormy emotions and rise above circumstances and recover from anything. We just need the thinking skills to do this and the confidence to press onward and upward. So today we're going to think with principle. And the principle today that I want you to think with is adversity causes trauma or it's going to build your character. Adversity causes trauma or it's gonna build your character. So I want you to start releasing that trauma, reprogramming it, and building your character. So in conclusion, any anxiety or emotional suffering that needs to be pulled from my subconscious into my conscious realm of thinking needs to be there and analyzed. I need to look at it. I need to stretch it. I need to pull it. I need to think, okay, how did this happen? How could I prevent it from happening again? Is there something I should have done differently? I need to ask myself about a dozen questions. So these thinking skills may require journaling, listening to myself talk, as I listen to myself talk, I come up not only with my problems, but a lot of times I come up with my solutions. So I want to find my grumbling and complaining because my grumbling and my complaining will tell me what I'm dealing with. It'll tell me where it is that I need to be focusing to do the work. And then I can release these painful memories that need released. So find your bitterness and you will know who you have not completely forgiven. So if somebody's um, praising someone and it, it just, sticks in your throat is this little bitterness <laughs> you're like oh, I didn't want to hear that they did well then there's this forgiveness that you need to do there's this compassion that you need to have on them so forgiveness is not complete if the person is still in your life and continues to wound you with immature behaviors this necessitates the building of a strong fortress with higher ground of mature character now learn to laugh with boldness and confidence when someone tries to assassinate you emotionally because the Lord says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us in Romans 8:37. So I want you to know that even though there are, you're surrounded by people with immature behaviors, whether it's boss, whether it's coworkers, whether it's your siblings, your children, your, your spouse, uh, these immature behaviors do not have to take up ground in your heart and in your mind and that you can detach from them and you can rise above it. So let's do our scripture. As for me, I will behold your face in righteousness, and I shall be satisfied when I wake with your likeness. Psalms 17:15. Now let me pray for you. Lord Almighty God, come to me and let me build a strong and mighty fortress. Let me be strong and mighty in my spirit. Give me the emotional skills to build courage and boldness. Let compassion, grace, and mercy be my friends to honor. And when I stumble, let me rise again and brush off the disappointments and the failures. Break the strongholds and the lies that keep me bound. I am ready, Lord. Make me eager to be in your school of training. And we just love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your, your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is The Rock of Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows, and we're glad that you joined us today.